0: Welcome to episode 77 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is January 26th and together with Goran and Robert, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello everyone. Hi. So today we reach another milestone. For the first time, we have an external guest in our show. Matthias Klein from SAP is joining us and together with Taka, we will talk about the new DMO to Azure features, that um, helps customers to convert and migrate their SAP ECC systems on-premise to S4HANA on Azure. But as always, before we um, hand over to our guests, let's quickly take a look at some of the news from last week. And I think as um, always, almost um, a a very regular guest, uh, at least from, from a um news perspective is is martin pankratz again so martin p- published um just today another um blog post about integrating um yeah an sap cloud portal the launch service into um, microsoft teams using single sign-on so basically here you can already see the results you have your teams screen and then um in teams you have um yeah in this case the business technology platform included and he he as always guides you through all the steps how to make sure that you really have single sign-on enabled or what you need to take Mm. care of to really embed um, these external frames in Teams. I mean, um, the the steps are fairly straightforward. There there is an an application to add a website, but then to really make sure that you have this single sign-on experience, and there are a few things that you need to um, handle that that you need to make make sure that this is all set. And then as a result here, for example, you see this beautiful um, SAP Fiori Launchpad Um, embedded in teams um, and that's obviously um, not only possible now for the fiori launch but 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 then also for other um, sap applications and i think that makes the consumption um, from teams um, extremely straightforward and and easy good Um, with that um robert you found some some other interesting things about azure netapp files
1: yeah, so this public preview for uh, two new fun- uh, features for Azure NetApp Files as a status single file snapshot restore, which means I don't need to to do the snapshot and restore complete volumes. So not, I can d- do it uh, file based, yeah, single file based, and also NFS protocol version conversion. That means I can switch from NFS uh, and version three to to four and, wi- uh, and back. Yeah. So these are some changes on 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 the new features which are coming in Azure NetApp Files. I mean that's all regarding that that post, and I think second one, yeah, exactly. I mean I'm not security expert, but I think you know if someone is uh, somehow have doubts about uh, important of security in the cloud, also, I mean yeah, I suggest that just read this article. is amazing. You know, it's just a report from our side about DDoS uh, from last year, and it's amazing how much information we are collecting and how much information we are trying to analyze to to really. Uh, wow. protect our customers and it's amazing you know it's it's really nice article which summarizes everything what what happened last year regarding these ddos attacks and how we are responding how we are mitigating that and so on so on it's a very nice article summarizes everything in a nice report
0: yeah. well and, and i guess we can invite everyone again and he will um tell us everything
1: about azure ddos protection yeah yeah in in a series of videos, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, I think uh, one topic which is never uh, getting old is a right size, tight sizing story about. Uh, I mean, it's nice blog is altogether nothing something special new there, but it is nice blog which summarizes uh, importance of right sizing and tight sizing and understanding different options around uh, reserve instances. We also had a discussion about that. And how to use Azure Advisor and how to combine different Azure services to really um, get best from 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 uh, from Azure, and not forget to monitor uh, um, costs later when when uh, deployment is done. Yeah, so hmm. that that's part. And then the second, I think, second link is going in more or less same direction. Yeah, it's about licenses. Yeah, so we have special so-called hybrid licenses uh, for Windows and SQL Server hybrid benefit licenses yes this is like a program and it's it's actually like all licenses program it's a little bit complex and what i like here in, in this blog is somehow summarize of what is actually behind the windows hybrid benefit and what is behind the hybrid benefit for sql server it's good sum uh, summarize and also additional links to a little bit more deeper information about that. It's it's very nice block regarding that. And both of those somehow blocks are very important if you we really want to leverage cloud from perspective of utilization, from perspective of you know, right sizing, tight sizing. And that that's scalability, uh, scalability features of of uh, Azure Cloud.
0: Yeah. Oh cool, yeah. Perfect. Now I think we, we haven't talked about oh, these okay. things for quite some time, but but as you yep. said, they they're really Critical um, when when we think about more, when you move your your um, workload into into Azure. Yeah, cool. Then um, last one um, news. Um, it's an uh, symposium, the SAP.IO Symposium 2022 about event-driven architectures for SAP customers. So that's a um, an interesting um, webinar or event that um, that we're hosting there. Or not hosting that we are participating um, with Azapio, where it's all about yeah event-driven architecture. So um, how can you get events from SAP into into Azure? And um, in this uh, symposium, we we have Clemens Vasters um, joining us for for the keynote to talk in general about um, event-driven architectures, and then. We have some some um, customers. Siemens is, is there talking about their experience um, in using this mm. functionality to send events to Azure, and also Microsoft Digital. Kevin Wilson from from Microsoft Digital, so Microsoft IT, basically, is also talking about how Microsoft is actually using um, this event driven architectures to um, send events from an SAP system uh, to to Azure, and then what we do um, with the data with the events in in Azure when, when we have them. So I think. Wow. If you uh, have time, March 8th, if you can attend, I think this will also very, very um, interesting. Okay, I think with this, um, we're already done with our um, news update. And um, with this, again, uh, this is a very special episode because uh, for the first time in, how long are we doing this now? One and a half years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an external guest, and I'm I'm really happy to have Matthias Klein with us today from SAP. Um, we have been working together for a very very long time. Be, before I joined um, Microsoft, Matthias and I were working w- very long together. But Matthias, maybe you can quickly introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, thank you, Olga. So first of all, I have to say it's an honor that I'm the first external who is allowed to talk in you. In your podcast, so this makes me feel very special. I have to say, (laughs) (laughs)
0: so yeah, um, (laughs)
2: yeah. thank you for that. Um, So yeah, my name is Matthias Klein. As Folger already mentioned, so we used to be colleagues during our time in consulting at SAP. So I'm working in the Lifecycle Management department at SAP Waldorf, and there I'm dealing with my main topics are software update manager and uh, S/4HANA conversion, and in the recent time, in this little project where we're working together. And this is also how I met Taka. And I guess this is <laughs> the chance to hand over to Taka, right?
3: <laughs> thank, thank you, Matthias. And thanks, everyone. Hello, everyone uh, from Redmond, uh, Washington, USA. Uh, this is Taka Oshino of the Argentine team. Uh, I'm also honored uh, to be on this YouTube video. Uh, with our special guest Matthias. Uh this is my first time. You know, I have been waiting for invitation from my team, you know, for <laughs> not, me to show on this uh, you know channel. <laughs> no, I've uh, been a big fan uh, of this channel for sure. I subscribe for sure. Uh yeah so I think uh, I think at this time uh you know uh I think we are very excited to kind of share the latest update on our special project that we kick off literally two years ago you know right before the pandemic you know in Bordorf, uh, in Germany uh, we we had a kickoff meeting in person in sap's headquarter right then between SAP uh-huh. and Microsoft do you do you still remember Matthias?
2: Uh, yeah, but it's but it's hard to imagine nowadays. But I, I do remember because it was the last uh, large meeting I had. With, like you said, and then came yeah, this pandemic. Everyone knows the story <laughs> of this yeah. pandemic. Yeah, I think yeah. so many things have changed,
3: uh, you know, since then. But I think you know uh, now we are sharing the latest update and uh, outcome of this uh, project. Scotty, project Scotty is kind of code name uh, of. Uh, you know, database <laughs> oh. <laughs> migration option to Azure is official name. So I'm bringing up the one slider on this DMO to Azure update as of today, as of this month. So, database migration option is, uh, you know, SAP, the toolset to combine SAP version upgrade and database migration to S4 HANA or SAP HANA. Uh, uh, and every SAP customer, you know, need to, uh, you know, go to S four HANA by twenty twenty seven or twenty thirty. Uh, so this is another Y two K event for every SAP customer. Uh, then SAP has been a little bit restrictive, uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know number of option for customer to do uh, to use this DMO and SAP. It's very open company. I love SAP for a long time. For my 21-year career in Microsoft, I have, my career has been dedicated to SAP Alliance and SAP uh, uh, you know, technical collaboration. Uh, then this DMO to Azure uh, is a great addition to the existing methodology. It is not Microsoft doing uh, uh, you know, conversion SI, uh, it is going to be customer and partner to use this uh, DMO as a tool to combine S4 upgrade conversion plus migration to Azure. All in, uh, you know everything in one shot, not doing separately, like lift and shift first, S4 conversion next. That's not what we are talking about. We combine everything in one shot Uh, Then downtime can be easily minimized, so Mm -hmm. that would be a huge customer benefit. Uh, So uh, uh, right now, Mm -hmm. SAP is now looking for a pilot customer. So it's not fully GA, but uh, we have tons of uh, uh, technical material which was shared in SAP TechEd, uh, you know, two years ago and last year, and also uh, Matthias uh, worked at. know, it was a tons of work Mm -hmm. of uh, Matthias' team to publish the SAP's official technical white paper. And broke was finally out in December. You know, it was the last month. So uh, I'd like to hand this over back to our special guest, Matthias to quickly, you know, kind of walk us through the latest update and, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, his team from SAP's perspective.
0: But I so, think uh, yeah, yeah. to Matthias, Project Scotty. I think that that was also a very interesting thing, and I very much liked the uh, <laughs> the, the code name or the the, uh, yeah, the yeah the code name of our project. And I hope after your explanation, Taka, it's very clear why we chose uh, the the name Project Scotty for this. So, beam me up. Um, just get your SAP system from on-premise into Azure and do a conversion. So it's even a little more than than. The typical Star Trek beaming, I would say.
2: Yeah, but I, I fear it's not as fast as the beaming in Star Trek, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we try to get close at least, right? It's easier. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the introduction, Taka. So maybe I um, also share some thoughts about this project. And uh, one might ask, um, why didn't SAP come up earlier with such a thing like using the database migration option? of the software update manager to migrate systems from one data center to another or to a hyperscaler. And there I have to say, well, actually we had considerations in doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it was back in 2016 where a customer approached us and asked us, hey, can I use a database migration option to do a data center migration? Mm-hmm. And back then we said, hey, that's a really interesting question. So let, let us try and then we did and basically we figured out that it works but the performance was it was really awful <laughs> and because of the reason that there was a lot of communication happening back and forth over the wide area network and then the latency really mm-hmm. hit us badly during these tests and so this is the explanation how this uh, remark in this DMO SAP note that it says, please don't use database migration option for data center move. This is where it comes from. (laughs) Uh, Also, I have to say, well, SAP note also says technically is possible. You can do it, Mm -hmm. but you do it on your own. So Mm -hmm. no support by SAP. But then things have changed, um, especially for the S4HANA conversion. And if you are familiar with uh, upgrading SAP systems, then you maybe know the concept of the shadow system so that we are building up this shadow system in uh, the DB to activate all the new objects for the new SAP release you're upgrading to. And this shadow system, it has been in the past always on the source database. And of course, if you now think about the scenario we're talking about, that you want to migrate a system from on-premise to Azure, then of course this means that the source DB will always be on-premise. And our target DB, the HANA, will always be on Azure. So there is for sure a wide area network in between with latency, and of course you can have Microsoft Express route to mitigate the latency. And I guess you talked in this podcast about those possibilities too. Mm-hmm. But there's communication necessary. And, but things have changed because in the meanwhile, the shadow system is created on the target HANA DB. And this is why we said, hmm, so this changes quite a lot. And this should actually also mm-hmm. yeah, bring the benefit that there's a lot less communication over the wide area network Required for doing the whole procedure. And this is why we said, okay, why not try it again with a new setup and together with you guys from Microsoft? Let's give it a try and see what we can achieve. And well, we tested it, and I think we can say it works. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is why we now have published this white paper. And now it's maybe a good time to share my. Document mm-hmm. here. So here you can hopefully see this is the white paper that uh, we wrote together. So all the guys here in, in the podcast, so like Goran, Holger, Taka, and myself, we contributed to this white paper. And um, Taka already has shown. This picture here, um, it's also outlined in in the PDF document here, the procedure in a nutshell. And basically, this is what we're doing here, um, is that we are on the the bottom, we have our ERP system running on any database which is supported by SAP ERP, and that we want now to move or migrate the system and do the conversion to SAP S4HANA with one business downtime to Azure. And how do we do that? We do that by installing an additional ABAP application server in Azure, which is connected to the on-premise ERP system. And then we can use this additional application server on Azure to execute a software update manager and to run more or less, we can say the standard um, S4HANA conversion procedure with the database migration option. Of course, we need some requirements and um, this is this page here, <clears throat> where we take a look at this picture. So we can li- see a little bit more in detail how this actually works. So we have here this uh, Microsoft Express route in the middle and you see a lot of uh, connections between mm-hmm. those two systems. So this is basically of course that you Uh, can access the software update manager UI that you can log on to the SAP system running on Azure, but also that the software update manager can establish a connection to the source DB to read the data from the source DB and to migrate it to the target SAP HANA DB. And of course, to make all these connections possible, those ports have to be open on the firewall. So the network setup needs to be established. But the good news is, as soon as you did that like I said it's more or less a standard conversion Mm.
0: and I think the I mean with with this approach there are there quite a few interesting side effects positive side effects Um, I mean since you are running the application server now this additional application server now on Azure where the um, zoom is running Mm. Um, you can obviously already there leverage the benefits, the flexibility of the cloud um, of, of Azure. So instead of um, being limited to the resources that you have on-premises. So typically mm-hmm. when customers do a migration like this, obviously they would probably not want to invest in buying additional hardware for their on-premise license just uh, on-premise environments just to get um, a, a high-performing um, additional um Application server where Zoom is running, where the software update manager is running. But here, they can just spin up um, a very powerful virtual machine, um, let it run there, and then once once the migration is over, um, yeah, um, resize it again. Coming back to the point that Robert <laughs> uh, mentioned in the in, in one of the first blog oh, yeah. posts, then you can just resize it again. And I think that for me alone is is a fantastic benefit um, that we can have in 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 this architecture
2: good that you, that you bring it up Holger that because this is really um, makes a huge difference and and there's another thing um, because I, I just said that that we can do here the standard mm-hmm. migration or the standard as for HANA conversion with the database migration option I mean if we compare that to how, before that you had to use this database migration option system with which means you start the procedure on premise first you do an export of the source db into the file system then you have to transfer the files to azure and, and the software update manager as well and then you continue the software update manager on this on the system on azure and then you do the import and now we are doing the database migration on the fly uh, like you would do it in an on premise data center and With this, we have also the possibility to use the downtime optimized database migration option, which means we can actually move tables, large application tables into the uptime of the procedure. So we can transfer a majority of the data already during uptime, which of course then shrinks the business downtime a lot. There's a lot of uh, potential in there. Mm And another thing what we also can do, which was also not possible before, is that you can also use the downtime optimized conversion. So this includes the downtime optimized database migration option part. But here we are also moving large parts of the simple finance migration into uptime. Mm-hmm. And if you already did the S four HANA conversion, you know that this is usually something you have to do after the software update manager has finished with this part. So this is a manual activity afterwards. So we can also automate it more or less and move large parts of that into the uptime. And with this, we can shrink the business downtime yeah. even further. Yeah. So we have a lot of potential with this procedure, um, saying that we also can yeah, migrate. Yeah, quite large system. So I guess with the standard conversion procedure, we we can manage systems up to five terabyte for a usual maintenance weekend. Of course, we have to say that, right? Uh, But we know, of course, that there are customers uh, which have more demanding business downtimes and not not, not 48 hours might be shorter. And then, of course, it's, get, it's getting interesting that you can use this downtime of optimization procedures to yeah. really shrink the business downtime. And so, I uh, guess,
4: yeah, yeah go, Taka.
2: Uh, sorry,
3: Matthias, uh, yes, uh, you know, let, let me double click on that part. I think every customer very demanding uh, for the downtime minimization. And uh, can we say uh, the currently supported DMO with system move? Uh, does not have any option to do uh, downtime minimize Dmo, downtime minimize conversion. So is it the biggest mm-hmm. challenge with uh, you know Dmo system move? Is that uh, one of the reasons why we introduced this uh, new option? Well, there
2: are for system move, there are two ways how you can do it. One is the sequential way. Mm -hmm. So you first do the export into the file system, then copy everything and then continue on Azure. Mm -hmm. And then there is something like the parallel system move, uh, which means that we export the data and while the files are exported, so the the finished Mm -hmm. export files are transferred on the fly to the Azure data center and there the Zoom starts already importing. But also this is happening in the business downtime this whole migration. So this is the best we can do with system move. But there is no way with the system move to moving uh, the migration of application tables into uptime. This is not possible.
4: Yeah. So this but is a
2: game changer from my point of view.
4: It is. And I mean, down every migration caused the downtime. And nobody likes the downtime. That's always a critical thing. Typically, it's over the weekend, business actually says how to do it. so. From the SAP side you did a huge work to optimize it on the upper layers right through those also moving of the tables during the uptime but on the other hand what we are we're all testing here uh, pushing the infrastructure here to help us also on one hand by giving more bigger stronger CPUs more throughput on the storage as well then we have on this picture was express route for example so Again, you also mentioning latencies uh, has, of course, the impact there, um, and those things like express route are dedicated um, VPN connection, you know, with a dedicated also throughput and IOPS and also very low latency in general. So these all, when combined, definitely are helping to decrease the overall uh, downtime window, which is crucial yeah. in
2: such areas. Good that you mentioned the latency again, um, because this is also a topic and the bandwidth. This might a question which uh, some uh, someone might ask now. So, okay, what bandwidth or latency do I need that this procedure works? Uh, so what we tested, we can say that if you have at least five megabits per second, uh, so bandwidth and a latency of 20 milliseconds or less, then the procedure actually works fine. Um, and okay. I also have to say this. <laughs> Um, performance penalty you, you have a certain performance penalty uh, by the latency however this is only affecting the uptime and remember mm. in the uptime or during mm. the software update manager procedure the customer can still work with the system so okay it might take a couple of hours longer because of this latency but it's uptime you can still yeah. work with the sure. system yeah. and the good thing is a about as, as soon as we have migrated the database completely to azure so the remain let's say you have mm-hmm. used the downtime optimized dmo and you migrated already a large amount of the database during the uptime and then you just have to migrate the remaining mm-hmm. application tables during downtime and then all the rest like the conversion reports the the XBRAS, the x class which are executed to do the data transformation for s4hana mm-hmm. Everything happens on Azure only, <laughs> which means we are local in a local network again. So here, for the business downtime in this part, we do not have a performance yeah. penalty. The opposite is the case, like like you said, you can oversize the system on which uh, the ABAP application server is running to make sure that these uh, reports run smoothly, which is already very helpful. And
1: uh, so. one question regarding this target. Uh landscape on azure side this part is not done automatically i assume so we need to prepare that yeah so is there any any experience or recommendation what is the minimum size of application server what is the minimum size of hana database because this is also really crucial because you know if you are not going direction to oversize that then really this transformation effort is also very attractive from pricing perspective yeah Again, my topic pricing. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: so, is there is there any plan to automate that, or is there any plan to to somehow put that on somewhere block to to share our experience? What is the minimum size of application server and and target Hana Hana database?
0: let me start maybe with the automation i think if we look at um the automation deployment framework um, that we already have in place so with with chemo um and and morgan that that they talked or or i think last week or the week before we had michael mergel um um, talking about devops and the automation deployment framework i think with these components we already have a lot of things in place
1: Mm. to
0: help customers with the initial setup um, of the infrastructure and of course then you, you need for example to install this additional um application server that, that's a stop step that I think is, is not yet um, so easily automated but I think um, in general we already have quite a lot of building blocks in place um, mm-hmm. that you can use to, to set up the yeah
4: <laughs> and I guess from the sizing perspective I mean there are two parts one is uh during mm-hmm. the migration and then after the migration during the run- normal runtime so new normal runtime is just kind of it's more question about the sizing from ecc to s4 hana okay mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a separate part of the story uh for the migration part basically i would always say it's oversized and those kind of costs <laughs> are nothing so to say who cares yeah, let uh, it run yeah. fast because here the downtime is what hurts there was some you money resize. that was run for two days, who cares? Right? It's nothing mm-hmm. nothing from the from the cost perspective because it's just short, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So yes, I would say just and, uh,
4: oversize uh, it as much <laughs> as you can. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I mean, for the sizing, of course, um, usually customers are running the sizing report on uh, what kind of HANA you need for your ERP mm-hmm. system to make sure that this runs smooth. And then, of course, you will always have also the subs uh, for this benchmarking, mm-hmm. which helps the customer to, uh, I think there is very good documentation out there also by Microsoft mm-hmm. and with the SAP reference architectures and everything, which really gives you a fast start here. Um, to get you started and then like Goran said. So if you have the sizing with the subs, then just choose a little bit bigger system to make sure that you have more than enough resources for the conversion. Mm. <coughs> right. So
3: uh, one 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 more question for uh, Matthias. Uh, we are now in uh, calendar year 2022. 20, uh, mm-hmm. It's a new fiscal year for SAP as well. And I, I know SAP uh, Cloud Appliance Library team, you know, SAP Cal team is doing uh, some uh, you know, amazing work to you know, somehow utilize this DMO to Azure Motion. Uh, what, 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 what is your thought for this calendar year and beyond? How your team want to kind of bring this DMO motion to the next stage? in uh, mid- and long-term
2: vision you know, for your team? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, of course, we're looking into the direction to make it even better, but um, I'm not quite sure if I'm allowed to talk about our development roadmaps and <laughs> what we are doing here. Um, but yeah, we, of course, we want to improve the overall situation. And uh, you can see the first part of that, which is um, that you can uh, deploy via the cloud appliance library. You can now also deploy SAP systems, which are not only allowed for usage of proof of concept. In the meanwhile, you can really deploy systems which are also approved for productive usage. So. This is one direction uh, in in which we go, so I I think this is really uh, here. We also work with you guys together, and I think this is amazing that you can get a system with high availability uh, pacemaker, not pacemaker, pacemaker, and HANA system replication for disaster recovery. So this is awesome because. I agree. Um, setting this up all on your own manually is quite time consuming. And if you can just with a click of a button, more or less uh, deploy such a landscape into Azure, this is, this is nice.
0: I agree, and I think that the work that we've done there with the Cal team, um, with the Cloud Appliance Library team to deploy such um, productive S4 HANA systems, it, it's, it's really great. It's a beautiful experience. You just go to the Cal page, um you enter a few set- settings and then after a few hours you have your s4hana system um running on azure i mean this is a blank system um this is obviously not something um, that is migrated but but potentially this could certainly be used for um a target or something like that i guess there's some some additional work that you would need to do but i think that's that's definitely a um, an interesting starting point i would say
2: yeah yeah one, one could one could think about that yes <laughs> Yeah, i think you know, in my opinion
3: you know kind of coming back to robust question i think sap cloud appliance library is gonna be the you know another channel to somehow mm-hmm. gonna automate uh, yeah. you know all the s4 deployment prepare uh, and, everything. Yeah. Okay. You, know, and uh, you know we have white paper to support such a uh, you know sizing uh, and the design to kind of minimize the downtime not just uh, you know safely combat as you know acc to s4 to the cloud you know, downtime we need to minimize. So we kind of put the tons of experience and knowledge, you know, in this white paper. So I think uh, this is awesome. Uh, but I think, you know, in my opinion, you know, just sitting in the Redmond, uh you know, engine team, mm-hmm. I think this S four conversion to Azure. Uh, this is so fundamental. This is a uh, you know kind of core piece of our strategy, and this is a multi-year journey. Twenty. 27 2030 20, it's a long time long vision. so I think uh, you know we can you know kind of come up with uh, uh, you know new ideas right. and innovation including some partner ecosystem how we can accelerate uh, s 4 move to Azure uh, So I think uh, uh, we can you know, I think a customer adoption is one thing and also we can kind of you know continue this uh, discussion collaboration uh to kind of come up with some new ideas to kind of make it happen so uh, we, we are all very excited with this uh, you know uh, all this uh, you know outcome uh, of the pre, you know last 2 years and uh, you know really want to thank matthias and the entire team
2: yeah, so like I said, I'm, I'm not really allowed talking about details, but at least what I can say, we, we don't consider it done with publishing of the white paper. So we still want to do more here, and we are still in contact with you guys, So, so especially with Olga. So this will not be the end of the story.
0: Oh, I would also, I mean. That's, it's, it's...
2: that's at least the plan, yeah, currently, as of today. <laughs> But plans change. You have to put this, uh, take a disclaimer into the video.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think for me, I mean, uh, Taka talked about these two years, but I I actually think um, when we really look back, um, SAP and Microsoft, we have been working together for 30 years or something like that. And we will definitely continue. And there are multiple projects that we're working on. And I'm sure there will be more and more similar projects. I,
1: I think, you know, Taka is sending message that we should invite him till 2030. Ah! You know, that, that was the point. No, uh,
4: 2015. Uh,
2: 2015 uh, at least. Uh, Taka wants to come back to Germany uh. for a workshop. <laughs> yeah, <the next laughs> yes. Yeah, after the pandemic. And, and I hope one fine day this is possible that we meet again in, in Waldorf. Yeah, that I hope soon, nice. yeah. would be nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh great! I think um, with that, I think we, we covered um, the DMO to Azure topic um, uh, in 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 quite some detail, and I think I hope we were able to provide some some insights in, in what it is, um, how it is working. I mean, we we are already working with a few customers that are using um, DMO to Azure that are testing it, um, that have successfully, um, obviously, also used it. I know Matthias, you did tons of tests before that. Um, so so thanks you thank you really very much for, for the collaboration and I'm sure we'll see more and more customers um using the DMO to Azure functionality. Okay.
2: Yep. Just got another request this week for another ah, private customer. Oh. Yeah.
0: Perfect. <laughs> so with this, um Taka Matthias, thank you very much for joining us um this week on our podcast. Um, and who knows, um we'll we'll hopefully see each other again here on, on the podcast um if not we will definitely work uh, continue to work together thank yeah. you very much see you next week yeah. thank, you. Bye. thank bye. you
2: bye bye bye, bye.